Welcome to another inspirational message from Gateway North Church based out of Winnipeg, Canada. Your Sunday sermon, any day of the week. We're going to talk this morning about living debt free. However, I'm not talking about finances. Maybe some of the principles you can connect to your finances. And when Jesus talks about this particular way of living debt-free in the Bible, he uses the finances as an illustration. If you want to get someone's attention, talk to them about money. And Jesus talked to people about money to get their attention, but also to help them understand some principles about how to live debt-free. Not just in terms of the bank balance and in terms of your finances, but in terms of what you owe other people and what you think other people owe you. And what you owe God and what you think God might owe you. What does it mean for us to live debt free in our relationships with each other and our relationships with God? Well, Jesus tells us a story to help us understand how to do that. And that's in Matthew chapter 18. So if you want to turn with me, if you've got Bibles with you, if not, we have the scripture on the wall in front of us here. Matthew chapter 18 and beginning to read at verse 21. Let me read it with you. Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times. And Jesus has just taught them how to forgive each other. So Peter's question, and it's helpful for us to understand this, is not, should I forgive my brother who sins against me? That's not the question. That's not even an issue. Jesus has already told them, you need to forgive your brother who sins against you. Peter's question is this. If my brother goes on sinning against me, He sins against me, he does something wrong, he asks for forgiveness, I forgive him. And then he goes off and two weeks later he does exactly the same thing again. Comes back, asks for forgiveness. Goes away, exactly the same thing again, two weeks more. Asks for forgiveness again. You understand? This is, this is not, oh, can you forgive me for something I've just done wrong, one off, and it'll never happen again, or whatever. Yeah, I'll forgive you. Now someone's here on their fifth or sixth time and you're thinking, yeah, I'm going to pronounce forgiveness for you, but actually you're just going to go away and do exactly the same thing again. You're getting the picture here. This is not just about forgiveness. This is about forgiveness about someone who has multiply sinned against you and keeps coming back and asking for forgiveness. How many times are you supposed to do that, Peter says? As many as seven times. That probably felt like a lot to him at the time. Jesus said, because Jesus always upped the ante. Not because he wants to bind us with chains that we cannot be free of. But because he wants to free us of the chains that bind us. Jesus says, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. Wow. Or 70 times 7 is one translation of that. So you can see Peter and the people who are listening reeling a little bit. Really, Lord? 
Like if someone keeps coming back to me again and again and making the same mistake and they want to just get forgiven, it's like, isn't that cheap forgiveness? Jesus says, let me tell you a story about how to live debt free. I'm going to talk to you about finances because when I talk about finances, I know the Pharisees are listening because these things matter to them as they matter to the rest of us. Therefore, he says, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. Okay, at this point of the story... The crowd are sort of still with him. Because 10,000 talents was such a huge amount of money to owe. And in those days, if you owed money like that, the people who you owed the money to could come and say, listen, pay up. And if you don't pay up, I'm going to take this and that and the other all the way down to you, your wife and kids, sell you into slavery and take your money. That's how the system worked. Part of how the system worked. So they would have been thinking, well, yeah, the king's doing exactly what the king would do if someone owed 10,000 talents, which is an awful lot of money. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. Out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. We're going to find out a couple of things from the story this morning. And the first is this. In the kingdom of heaven, the king is willing to forgive the unforgivable. In the kingdom of heaven, the king is willing to forgive the unforgivable. Let me unpack this for you a little bit. Uh, At the end of the summer, President Biden in the United States... Uh, made a decree, as I suppose only presidents can, um, that he was going to forgive student debt to a certain degree, $10,000, $20,000 for different folks who had accrued that debt and they were living under a certain, uh, a certain amount of income. So if you were making a lot of money, you couldn't get your money back. But if you were earning a small amount of money, you could go and get this debt forgiven. Well, as you can imagine, a lot of people applied for that debt. So by the end of, uh, I think the beginning of October, there was 26 million people who'd applied for that debt. The amount of money that that translated to was $400 million US. That's an awful lot of money. And those of you who think about that, some people might think, well, that's that's wonderfully generous for the folks who are getting their debt repaid. Other people are thinking, who's paying for that debt? Where's that money coming from? And what happens to the people who actually worked hard all the way through university and, and made sure they came out of there without debt by the, by the, the sweat of their brow? They made it all, paid off all their loans and everything else before they got to the end of the, so they don't own any money at all to anybody. What happens to them? Is it fair? Those are great questions. Who's going to pay and is it fair? $400 million sounds like an awful lot of money. But it's a fraction of what this man owed the king. 10,000 talents. Let me give you a little bit of a, a feel for what 10,000 talents is. 
One talent was about 20 years worth of a normal laborer's pay. Okay? Put it into modern terminology. Before uh, the province lifted our um, income from being the lowest, whatever our lowest income was over the course of the next year, it's going to grow quite a bit um, so that people who are on the lowest level of pay are getting more money for what they're getting. But before they did that, uh, if you worked 30 hours a week in Manitoba and you worked for 48 weeks of the year, you would come away with just over $20,000. That's what you get on the lowest income pay scale or did before the beginning of October of this year when things began to rise. 20 years of that, okay, if you kind of do the math of all of that and where that takes you, 20 years of uh, one talent would be worth uh, all of that money. That's about $400,000 that one talent is worth. Are you with me? This man owed 10,000 talents. If you're following my logic, in today's world in Manitoba, he owed $4 billion. How on earth do you get in that much debt? I'm sure that's what a lot of the people in the, in the uh, standing around were listening to. But that's a huge amount of money. So when they said, Jesus said, he owed 10,000 talents, the crowd would have gasped. What? Who even has that sort of money? Never mind who owes that sort of money. Four billion dollars. So when Jesus says, yeah, and so the the, uh, king decided to take up accounts, and when he couldn't pay, his master ordered it to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made... Everybody would have gone, well, of course. What else is he going to do? He's not going to get his money any other way. They're all sold into slavery until it could be paid off. And they're thinking it will never be paid off. This is an unforgivable debt. It's so big that it will never be paid off. And so the person who owes it is going to be in slavery for the rest of their lives. And their family and their children will not be free. It is an unforgivable debt. And then Jesus said, so the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. Right. How many times had this man come to the king and asked for an extension on his loan? I presume he didn't go and say, can I have $4 billion? I want to start a business. Like, I'm I'm sure it didn't happen like that. I'm sure it just accumulated and accumulated and accumulated. And the king would have said to him, well, when are you going to pay this off? And he'd have said, well, you know, if you just give me a little bit more, I'll pay it off. I'll pay it off. And he just gradually grew and grew and grew. So he's asked however many times. And he's on his knees saying, I will, I will pay you everything. Well, do you think this king is going to believe him? No, not a chance. You're not going to pay me everything. You're not going to pay me nothing. I've got everything that you've got. This debt is unforgivable. You are not able to pay me. And you telling me that you can pay me is actually a lie because you're not going to do it. So the crowd are with the king at this point. Out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him 
and forgave him the debt. Yeah, that, that, that's the silence that would have happened in the crowd. It's like, what? Out of pity? I mean, the guy, you couldn't trust him. He kept coming back asking for forgiveness of the debt and, and, and he just kept piling it up more and more and more. And, and now you're just going to release him? You're going to forgive him? There's the word, the debt. Remember the question. How many times must I forgive my brother who keeps on sinning against me? In the kingdom of heaven, the king is willing to forgive the unforgivable. And if he wasn't, we wouldn't be able to be sitting here today singing the songs that we're singing. I owe him a debt that I could never pay. Is that not the truth? For all of us? Our level of debt with God is so high. We don't even know how high it is. It would make a crowd gasp if they heard how much I owed God. But in the kingdom of heaven, the king is willing to forgive the unforgivable. You and I might ask, well, who pays that debt? And if Jesus was asked that question, I don't know what he would have answered. But in absolute truth, he could have said, the king has a son. And the son is worth more to that king than all the stars in the universe. Four billion dollars, that's nothing. To what this son is worth to the king. Who's going to pay the debt? The son will pay the debt. The son will do whatever needs to be done. To pay this man's debt. And set him free. That's astonishing isn't it? But that's what Jesus did on the cross. When he died on the cross. Luke tells us. He cried out. Father forgive them. Same word. Release them. Set them free. Send them away free. They don't even know what they're doing. And for any one of us who understands how deep our debt is with God. And how desperate we are in need of someone to take that debt away. When we come to him and fall on our knees and implore him. Lord Jesus have mercy on me. God can look at the debt that has already been paid. In Christ on the cross. He can already hear the cry of his own son. Crying out to him. Father forgive him. Forgive him. I know that debt is an unforgivable debt. But I have paid an unbelievable price. And I want him set free. Release him. And that's what the king of heaven does. Do you want to live debt free with the king of heaven? You're never going to pay the debt that you owe him. Don't come to Jesus, get saved, and then start paying off a debt. If I do this enough, if I do that enough, if I live this well, that well, or whatever, I'm going to, I'm going to somehow try and pay my debt back. Your debt is unforgivable. My debt is unforgivable. We are never going to pay it back. 
We're released because of Jesus and the debt that he paid for us. We're saved that way. We go on being saved that way by the power of his blood, which goes on cleansing me, not because of anything I do, I put in a good week, therefore I get a few extra forgivenesses. Nope. Jesus put in a wonderful life and an incredible debt. And that's why I get my sins forgiven. Amen. In the kingdom of heaven, the king is willing to forgive the unforgivable. But remember Peter's question. This is not about money. How many times do I forgive the one that goes on forgiving against me? Let's see what Jesus says next. When that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. Seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. Wow. Wow. Like he must have come out all dancing, happy. I'm free, 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 free. Here's a guy who gets some money. Suddenly flip, anger, grab by the neck, throttle. Pay me back my money, pay me back my money. What on earth is going on with this guy? He owes him a hundred denarii. Actually, that's not a small sum of money. A denarii was a, a day's work for a laborer. And he owed him a hundred of them. So he basically owed him a third of a year's salary. So let's say he owes him $10,000. I mean, that's not a small amount of money, right? This guy has just got out. He's got nothing now because his debt's been paid off, which is wonderful. But his bank accounts are zero. And he's thinking, here's a quick $10,000. What's more, if you think about it, this guy already owed him. So here's a guy who owes $4 billion. This way, which is an awful lot of money. Here's a guy who owes him 10000 this way. So maybe part of the reason this guy's debt is so big is because other people haven't been paying him what they owe him. He blames them for the fact that my debt's so big. If you just paid what you owed, I wouldn't have to go pleading to the king. I don't know what he's thinking here, but he's thinking some weird stuff. But he grabs a hold of the guy and starts to say, pay me what you owe, pay me what you owe, pay me what Remember the question. How many times must I forgive the one that goes on sinning against me? His fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. Exactly the same prayer he prayed, the first servant prayed to the king. He refused, went and put him in prison until she should pay his debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed. They went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? First point we want to make of the story is that the king in the kingdom of heaven, the king forgives the unforgivable. The second point we need to get from this story is that in the kingdom of heaven, the forgiven need to forgive. And how many times? 
right? Because it's easy to forgive once, isn't it? Somebody, you know, two times, maybe, okay, I'll let you off now. But after that, boy, that's, that, that's, your, that's your forgiveness run out now. Remember Peter's question. What's Jesus saying here? So, Peter, how many times must I forgive? Seven times? Jesus is like, seven? How, how would it be if the king of heaven forgave you seven times? Like you had a number. And when you got past that number, you're, you're toast. Right? So I'm going to give you seven chances, and that's it. I don't know about you. That would last me a morning, maybe. Or a bad morning. Maybe on a good morning. Do you, do you understand what Jesus is saying? Don't, don't you see how ridiculous that is, Peter? You've been forgiven four billion dollars. An unforgivable debt. And you can't forgive somebody once, twice, three times, four times, five. It doesn't matter how many times. Look how many times you've been forgiven. How many times every day God forgives you and you don't even ask. Because you don't even know you sinned. And, and you're asking, does my brother get seven chances and then that's it. I'm going to call it a day on my brother. Well, thankfully the king of heaven never calls it a day on us, eh? Really? So Jesus is saying, I want you to live debt free with the king of heaven. The only way to live debt free is to get on your knees and plead for his mercy. And trust that the sacrifice that his son paid is going to pay all your debt, which it will. But I want you to live debt free with your brother. I don't want you to continue to hold him to account for things that he's done wrong. Even if he's done them wrong again and again and again and again and again. And if we understand the heart of God. That brother may not even want forgiveness again and again and again and again and again and again and again. Jesus is after our hearts. I want your heart to be free. I want you to live debt free in your heart. Not holding people to account. You owe me. And I'm going to make you pay. In the kingdom of heaven, the forgiven need to forgive. And forgive. And forgive. And forgive. I wonder how much of a key component this is in how the church recovers from COVID. Church has been split down the middle. Devil had a field day. Pitting people against each other, whether you've got a vaccination or not a vaccination. What's our world come to? Split families, split homes. How do we recover? In the kingdom of heaven, the forgiven needs to forgive. And forgive their brother. And go on forgiving. Right? Some of you sit around family tables and someone gets going in the family table and it changes the whole atmosphere in your home. Because they can't let it go. Government's doing this or this is happening or whatever it is and they, they just have to keep going. What are you going to do about that? Are you going to get bitter too? 
Now you've doubled the bitterness. Or are we going to have a forgiving heart that actually creates the atmosphere for the other person to properly repent when they need to? Right? Here's an interesting thing. I am beginning to look at some of Jesus' stories and calling them scorpion tales. Twist on the tail, if you get the meaning. The reason is because the sting is often in the tail in Jesus' story. You hang in there long enough and you wait for the ending and you listen to the ending. Listen to the ending. In his anger, his master delivered him over to the jailers. If you will not forgive, you will be jailed for life in your bitterness. You wake up in the morning thinking about it. You go to bed thinking about it. It happens during the day. It just goes on and on and on. And you are never free. And it will drive the life out of your system. It will suck the life out of you. He's doing this for our own good. He's setting us free. Delivered him over to the jailers until he should pay all his debt, which he would never pay. This is the sting in the tail. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother. That's not the sting. The sting is the next words. From your heart. It's possible to forgive your brother from your head. It's possible to forgive your brother from your will. I know what God wants me to do. I have to forgive. And so I'm just going to forgive. Boom. How many times do I forgive my brother when he forgives, needs forgiveness over and over again? Yeah, multiple times. But not just any old forgiveness. Don't just pass them off with some sort of, oh, I made, I, I'm doing what I have to do because otherwise I'm going to get thrown into jail. Jesus is saying, that's not the sort of forgiveness that I want you to forgive with. I want you to forgive each other from the heart. Oh, what does that mean? Well, we need to track with a story. Why did the king forgive the unforgivable debt? What motivated him? Compassion. He had pity on him. Wow. Something moved. It's the same word. Dave Perry was preaching about it a couple of weeks ago when he was talking about the feeding of the, of the 5,000. Do you remember that story? And Jesus saw the crowd and he had compassion on them. It moved him when he saw the crowd. In the base of his down here somewhere, he was moved to do something about it. He had pity on them. Jesus is saying to Peter, Peter, I don't just want you to forgive over and over and over and over and over again. I want you somehow, by the grace of God, to find the heart of God in your forgiveness. Find some pity. Find some compassion, even if they're not asking for it. They might not even want it. But for your own sake, for your own heart's sake, find some pity, find some compassion, and forgive your brother from your heart. It will set you free. 
It will set your heart free. It will set your heart actually dancing. Because you've discovered a power which only the friends of Jesus find. Because you can make a choice in your mind to forgive someone. But you cannot forgive people from your heart. Unless the same spirit that enabled Jesus on the cross to say, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing is alive in me. I cannot forgive the way that God wants me to forgive by myself. But I have the spirit of the great forgiver in my heart. I have the spirit of Christ living in me. And if he can reach down from a cross and to all those people who rejected him and, and spit on him and, and beat him and all of that can speak, Father, forgive them. And he can do it from his heart. Not just because he has to, because it's the right thing to do as a Christian, so I'm going to make myself forgive. But because out of his heart comes a stream of life and love that blows the world away, because we don't deserve it. That same stream is alive in you and me by the power of the Holy Spirit. So don't sell yourself short by saying, I cannot forgive. You're right. You can't. But you have the spirit of forgiveness in you. Don't sell yourself short by saying, I can forgive, but it's just a mind thing. I'm going to have to make myself forgive. No. You have the love of Christ in you. Ask the Lord that you may find compassion in the depths of your being to release the people that have hurt you the most and to pray a blessing on them and to set them away free, to live debt free. That, my friends, is the gospel. Isn't it? I need to hear it from God. I sometimes need to hear it from my wife, from my kids, from you, all the people I sin against in different ways in my life. I trust that by the grace of God, you'll have mercy on me where I need it. By the grace of God, I'll do the same back to you. Because the spirit of Christ and of glory rests on us. And his greatest glory is to forgive the unforgivable. Is there an amen in the house? Okay. Let's activate this right now. You okay for me to keep doing this? The Hebrew nation understood forgiveness like no other nation. Forgiveness was written into their laws. For those of us who might think the Old Testament is about, you know, the harsh God who judges people and whatever. Forgiveness is written into the laws. One of the ways that forgiveness was released was like this. Every seven years is the Sabbath year. The word that's used for the Sabbath year is the word Shemitah. 
Shemitah means release. And in the seventh year, you release your fields from having to work. Shemitah, be released, my field. Grow your beautiful plants. I will come back next year. But in the seventh year, in the Jewish way of doing things that God told them, Shemitah meant you released your brother or your sister or whoever from their debts to you. Financial. Land. Whatever you took over those years to give them money, whatever they needed, on the seventh year is a Shemitah year. You have to release it. You set them free. You send them away free. The, the Greek word for forgiveness has the same meaning as shmita. It means to send them away free. Peter's asked, how many times do I send my brother away free? Seven times? Like once every seven years? Like the shmita? Like the Sabbath rest? Jesus says, no, no. Every year is a shmita year for a Christian. Every day is a shmita day for a Christian. Every day you get to send people away free because every day your father in heaven sends you away free. So you just pass that Shemitah on. This morning, I want to ask you two questions. First question is this. What do you owe God? And what are you going to do about that? Don't try and Pay him off. Just ask for mercy. He's already paid your debt off on the cross. And he's willing today, this morning, to pronounce Shemitah over you, where you are. What do we think other people owe us? Is there someone you think, this person owes me. Their behavior, their stuff they've done, their whatever, they just owe me. They need to pay. I want to encourage you this morning to ask the Lord for the heart to pronounce Shemitah over that person. Send them away free. Leave them to the Lord to deal with. If they're, if they're not going to ask for forgiveness or, or whatever, let the Lord deal with them. You're not God to them. Let the Lord deal with them. You send them away free. Shemitah. You know, in our world today, some of us need to send other nations away free. It's a funny thing, isn't it? But, but we can actually be offended at a whole nation sometimes. Shemitah. Send them away free. But this morning, here's one of the things that I felt the Lord put on my heart. When it comes to unforgiveness and not releasing people, Probably for many of us, the person we find the most difficult to do that with is ourselves. You'll send everybody else away free, except yourself. That mistake I made, those things I did, that money I invested in it went wrong, that thing I did in my family, whatever it is. uh, And we just feel so badly and we keep thinking about it. We can't let ourselves go. I'm going to have a moment here as we pray together. And I want to encourage you that if you need to send someone away, Shemitah, this morning, you do that. 
you need to deal with your business with God, Shemitah, Lord, I am asking you, send me away free. You ask him for forgiveness in the name of Jesus. You see what he will do. And maybe for some of us, we need to put our hands on our heads and our heart this morning and say, Peter, Shemitah, Jesus has forgiven you. I'm going to send myself away free. I'm not going to hold myself anymore in a prison of beating myself every day because I don't make the right sort of standard. I'm not good enough at this or that. I'm not a good enough father. I'm not a good husband. I'm not a good... Whatever it might be, I'm not going to keep beating myself up. I want to forgive myself from my heart too this morning. Let's just pray, shall we? Spirit of forgiveness. That same spirit, Holy Spirit, that empowered our Lord Jesus Christ to speak forgiveness even on the cross. Would you speak Shemitah over our lives today? Give us grace to speak Shemitah over our, those that have hurt us. Lord, those that have done us wrong, to send them away free. Be free. Lord, even with you, Lord, would you forgive us? Would you send us away free? And Lord, wherever we need to be sent away free ourselves. Stop looking at ourselves in the morning and saying, oh, you piece of work, you loser, you this, you that, you the other, you, you whatever. To send us away free. You've washed us. You've cleansed us of an unforgivable debt. And we want to have the same heart. Help us, Holy Spirit. Would you minister to us right now? Shemitah. Be free. Be released. Thank you for tuning in to the Gateway North podcast. We hope you've been challenged and inspired from God's word. To find out more about Gateway Church, head to gatewaywinnipeg.com.